there, Sunny D here to invite you to have dinner with us at the Hemp Mansion in Brandon, Florida, April 30th at 6 p.m. Tickets go on sale today and you can get a 20% discount on this and all Pot Smoking Mom events by becoming a patron. Go to potsmokingmoms.com to take advantage of this sweet discount and party with us Saturday, April 30th. See you there. Yo, 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 yo. It's the Pot Smoking Moms Podcast. We're here. We have arrived. I am your host, Sunny D, along with the captain. Hola. Captain J. If you like us, hey, rate, subscribe, share, be friends with us on all social medias, potsmokingmoms.com. Everything is there. It may not be the friendliest website. <laughs> But if you have any feedback, let us know. We, we, we love, we love feedback. Let's, uh, I hope you guys got something to, it was a smoke. Cause we got a little something to smoke. Myself a bowl of Croqueta OG by Binsky. I, I literally bought this strain just because of the name. Oh, Croqueta OG. I was OG. like, Croqueta OG. Okay. Nice. Try it. it's, huh? it's pretty good. I like it. Okay. I have some cherry punch from True Leave. Oh, also from Chile. Okay. Also from Chile. Cheers. Oh, wait. Cheers. Ching. Wash that down with a little Coca-Cola. Hashtag not sponsored. God, to be sponsored by Coca-Cola, that would be great. I love Coke. Jeez, we'd be fucking... <laughs> I don't think there's a podcast that big. <laughs> and Coke's like, hey, we'll yeah, sponsor, we'll sponsor you. you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <coughs> Coffee cough. We got a cool show for you today. Uh, last week, we had Carrie and Michael from the center. who are doing the 420 Festival that we will be at April 30th at Haram Park. Today, we've got Flavio Valdez. He is Hemp Mansion. And we'll be talking to him a little later on today. He's got an interesting story. He's got a beautiful place, that Hemp Mansion. He's the property manager and the cultivator, right? Yeah. And uh, we talked to him a little bit about growing, uh, how it's been in his family, how he's done it for a while. His and backstory. His backstory. He's got a, a lot of them. but he's a hustler though you know and it's like uh sometimes you guys just gotta learn all the different parts of the business in different ways like you know that's just how it goes so uh stay tuned for that interview a little bit later and yeah april 30th is gonna be a really fun day uh the day yeah that is a day it's the uh 420 festival in st pete at haran park and our hemp mansion dinner party in Brandon, Florida. In Brandon, evening. Florida. That's going to be at 6 p.m. If you haven't got your tickets, go ahead, go get your tickets. We actually have a giveaway. Well, we're announcing that. Oh, yeah, we're today. answering the winner. Yep. 
So um, I, hopefully uh, you got a chance to enter in that giveaway. Um, you know, we uh, if we if you're a patron, you get a twenty percent discount on the dinner. So that might be a good idea for some of you who love us so much. So if you want a, a pot smoking mom day full <laughs> us all day long, we'll be at uh, the uh-huh. fest from like 12 to 3, maybe 4. And then the dinner starts at 6. Dinner will be served by 7. Dinner will be served at 7. Doors and open at 6. It's a mixed event. So a pot smoking dads are welcome. Yeah. Aunts, uncles. We've gotten that question a lot. Uh, can my husband come? Yes. This yes. is for everybody. This it's not for just for moms. Our husbands are coming. This is just for cannabis enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Yes. So please check it out. We got our links up everywhere, our website and Instagram. So things that have happened this week. Now, I know you guys are so <laughs> sick of hearing about it, but I feel Honestly, like we want to have... talk. We haven't talked about it really yet, but we're you know we're all talking about that slap. This the is the thing everybody's been talking over the last week is that damn slap. I know it's everywhere. I had several conversations with people where I was just like, I just. I wish it would have never happened at all. I'm sure Will Smith wishes that. Yeah, I I mean I mean it, 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 the thing is is it, it it ruined a lot it ruined the whole night for everybody including him included. himself. It overshadowed his own night, I his know. own big and, night. And now he can't even he can't even enjoy the fruits of his labor. Like what the fuck is going on between Jada and Smith? Yeah, Will that's Smith for that to ha- escalate to that yeah that's a fully loaded there's something going on there there's something where he saw her be upset and he felt triggered to have to do that in order to i don't know yo i think it's the pressure to appease her somehow it's the pressure too but this is my whole thing he was laughing and clapping at first yeah because i feel and then he realized she was offended and then that happened yeah it was such a weird turn of events I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I didn't watch the Oscars. <laughs> Everybody was. I like, was. I. It was the first video I saw when I went into TikTok. I literally opened TikTok in the morning. The very next morning, in the bathroom, pee first thing in the morning. Open TikTok. Well, I'll tell you what. I wasn't it watching was the, first the Oscars. Video I saw. Yeah, I wasn't watching the Oscars. But my friend, we have a chat, and she sent. It was just a random YouTube clip. And it was the event, how it unfolded on air, which was a lot of stuff was muted. Mm-hmm. No, but the clip I saw on TikTok had, the next day, the next day, I know, but right? That's crazy, but it had the F. Okay, and but check, but check it out. But this is why. So now the sound is gone. So my friend sends me this link, and it's how it aired. So it's mute. But at the same time, you see the situation, and you're like, "What the fuck happened?" So then I go to my husband, look at this. I think this just happened. He goes, did this just happen in the Oscars? And we book, we put the TV on. Later on. I wonder on, how many millions of people I kept that. searching on the internet. And in Australia, apparently they aired it without like, without muting it. And they aired it live the way that it happened. And someone tweeted it from Australia going, here's the whole thing. Because it's. I when couldn't we saw believe, it, we couldn't, we didn't hear the yeah, parts. Yeah, the one I, the video I sent you, the TikTok I sent you, had all the sound. Like you heard yeah. him say, "Keep my wife's name uh, yeah, yeah, out yeah, your know, fucking I mouth twice." I know. I know. He doubled and, down, and he and tripled Chris down Rock, at that point. Yeah, that was a triple. He did a slap. He uh-huh, said, "Fucking f bomb," and a fucking f bomb yeah. again. First of all, you know, in those settings, those live, te- you can get fined and in a lot of trouble for dropping for dropping F-bombs. bad words. Yeah. And Chris Rock even said it himself. He's like, I just, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, shocked. Yeah. I think you could say shit. 
on TV, I think. Well, I, I think at that point, who cared? <laughs> Poor Chris. He had just straight up got slapped across the face. And like, look, I'll say this much. Everybody was wrong. Everybody was wrong. I think Chris Rock's I really joke, don't think the joke was that I bad. don't I listen, I don't think the joke I know rose to the level page, like of right. Condition. I don't think that the joke rose to the level of the slap. slap. But I think it was hacky as fuck because a G.I. Jane joke, how is that even relevant now? Like seriously? And as a comedian, just know she's whose balls you're busting. Know the people you're writing the jokes about. Know what they're going through. I and if they're going through a condition, a that Chris Rock is like on the spectrum and he doesn't like gauge that right. And I was like, it's yeah, comedians. but at the same comedians time, attack he's a very Ricky Gervais freaking wipe the floor with Hollywood. Uh-huh. Ricky <laughs> Gervais, he keep Ricky Gervais's name out of your fucking mouth. because he doesn't. Oh, I love Ricky Gervais. Uh, yeah, he does it in a British accent, so it's very eloquent. Well, listen, <laughs> but honestly, I love Ricky Gervais, I, and I feel like comedy is. Every, everything is on the table. I don't care what you have, who you are, what you've been through. But it is also, is the joke good enough? Is it funny enough? Is it well-crafted enough to not be a disrespectful or, you know, because again, comedy is comedy. You as the audience need to understand what is a joke and what is not a joke and I understand that it was it, obviously a joke. It's 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 unfortunately it wasn't a good joke. And it wasn't a great joke. Taste. The situation was poor. A lot of things are are you know. There's a lot of things boiling over. I love Will Smith. I feel so awful but, that he did this because he's totally tainted his night. Now everybody else is nice. You Listen, pointed out he had to resign that, from the academy. Yeah, he had to resign from the academy. Not only that. Does something, that mean he can never win an Oscar again? Something I think was very tacky. That he won. Is the speech. Because then we tuned in. We started watching it. And then he won. And we were like, oh, my God. It can't change que the outcome asco, of the awards. Que asco. Having to, like, oh, my God. Even just having to carry around that awkward, like, the, the Did you ho- not see the video oh, footage him oh. after, at the after parties? Like, partying, yeah, partying. Party, yeah, like, nothing hand. happened. That's disgusting. I really honestly think that, like, dude, keep a low profile, like, especially after that happening. It's just, like, it's kind of disrespectful to continue, like, celebrating yourself like that. Like, they talked after. Right, but I don't know, like... That was live fucking television. Like, dude. No, it was important. It was an awful decision on this part, and I don't know why he did it. His speech. He was not thinking. His speech was so long. Because he had to give his speech and apologize. And it but it was like I didn't see it. It was a little self-absorbed. I know that he was also talking about I don't know. I don't even want to dissect it, but it was just I didn't like, hear it. So God, I, I would have just not even after that. God, after that, I would have personally, I would have been like he could have hiding he in my shell, just trying to melt away. Apologize and just how like how can you even have the privilege to like get away with that and then just be all nonchalant about but it? But what were they supposed Fuck. to do? Not give out the best actor? Award? I know it was. It's like it's it's a really weird that, situation, that right? Like what? And then like oh, uh, are they supposed to ask him to leave or how, like it's it, it, like a lot of things going down. I, I have a friend who remember how I said I worked the awards mm-hmm. here. She worked the awards there. I, I wished she was doing the 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 people seating, 
right? Because even even Amy Schumer had a whole joke about like the seat fillers. Did you? I don't know if you caught. No, that. I didn't. I heard her vote. I mean, her joke when she came back. She's like, I was changing. Out yeah, did Spider-Man. something, like, did happen? something happen? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. She <laughs> like, did great. Like, really like right, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was hilarious. I saw that. Yeah, but she made a joke about the sea fillers. It was really Who funny. Who was hosting the Oscars? It was year? uh, it was in three. It was uh, three? Regina Hall. Oh, it, was it was Amy Schumer, and it was oh my god, this lady. I love this lady so much. Another stand-up comedian, Wanda Sykes. Oh, Wanda Sykes, which then later went on to Ellen. I don't know if you saw this, and Wanda Sykes was like, "Yo," she said that. She, Chris Rock went up to her after and apologized to her. And Wanda Sex was like, why did you, why are you apologizing to me? He was like, because now this was supposed to be your moment. You guys were hosting. You guys know, were doing such time- a good job. And this shit happened. And now everybody's going to be talking about this instead and- of talking about what a wonderful job you guys did. There's so many things. people. I think like the first deaf man won, a, won an Oscar too. Oh my God, that was amazing. Right. For Coda. Yes. Yeah. So like, it's like all these And then Quest things. Love. He had a documentary that won and... It was just really unfortunate. Um, all parties involved were kind of wrong, or at least everybody can learn something from it, I hope. But, yeah. And then, and let me add this, too. Um, and then Jim Carrey, and this is just I to show you, and to show interview. you how everything kind of comes full circle nowadays. Uh, Jim Carrey made a statement, too, and he was talking to Gail King on a, on a show about how he was offended just because he kind of, uh, again, kind of ruins it for everyone. And it's it's it was a joke. And like, it's kind of like, you know, a comedian's a comedian. I know sometimes they go out of line and things like that. But like hit like it was whatever. He made a comment. I agreed with his sentiment. I thought it was a, it was whatever. Will Smith was like pretty wrong. And someone was like, someone circled back and was like, you know, I, I wouldn't jump on the Jim Carrey train because, and then it was a clip of him back in the MTV Music Awards when Alicia Silverstone was presenting an award to him. She was underage at the time and he was like thir- in his mid 30s. He grabbed her and he kissed her. <gasps> and it was an assault. And you know what? I remember, I remember that happening. That happened? Yes, it happened. Oh, so it must have been like clueless time, right? Right, it was, exactly. Or when she did the, what was the music video she did for, for Aerosmith? Aerosmith? Well, I think it was clueless uh, Air, uh, Alicia Silverstone era. And it was at the at MTV, MTV Movie Awards, Awards oh, right? I guess he thought he'd get away with something like that there. Well, but this is, again, let's go back in time to when we excused a lot of really bad male behavior and we were kind of just like you had brought up a a whole documentary about marilyn Manson. i had no idea first of all i don't follow celebrity relationships so i don't even remember that they even dated yeah i very much remember when they dated what's her name do you um, remember her name evan rachel evan rachel was marilyn manson from westworld from Westworld, right? She main was in um, like Android or per, like what's robot the Beyond the Universe? What's the Beatles movie? Across the, across across the universe. universe. That's and what then I she also did that movie Thirteen, which 13, is the movie I ever saw right. her in. Which yeah. she was really great in. That movie was freaking dark. Yeah. But she was like a very no, strong she actress. 18, she was on the come up too. She was on the come up, and she was eighteen years old, and he was like thirty six yeah. or thirty seven when they started. I got like, really mad when they dating. started dating in the public eye. I thought it was so disgusting, and I and her her apparently her agents and her publicity people all everybody was they telling were, her uh, no uh, no it, no, yeah. and they were against it. But 
she got like involved. You got to watch this documentary. (laughs) She talks about how she was groomed, um, the love bombing and all that, and how it changed, and then the things that she tried to do to leave several times would always end up back. And it's hideous. dark, hideous, hideous. And then, and then you think back until Marilyn Manson days, and he was doing this in the broad daylight, like you know. Yeah, and was, she talks about that. How it was just excuse that he's just being ironic. He's not really uh, meaning these things. He's being right, ironic, right? Or whatever. But then you think, and that's all the excuses back in the day. Oh, Jim Carrey, he was just being funny, you know. Like we really did, unfortunately. And this is a conversation I had in the DMs. I wonder how like, Alicia Silverstone felt about I that. I know. And now, in retrospect, you're like, fuck, man. That was really messed up. Right? Now that we've started coming out and everybody started talking and we're having these conversations, the Me Too movement, all that stuff. So someone was like, oh, I wouldn't jump on the Jim Carrey train and then brought that up. And I'm like, listen, I, although I agree with you, it's also kind of crazy, right? When someone says something and you agree with them and then we start looking through their entire history to pick up all of the shit that they've done that we don't agree with. Like when somebody's twi- Twitter receipts from back in the oh, day yeah. get pulled into it. Mm-hmm. I get it. I understand that like... People grow and, and learn. But, but I think it's it, also kind of like, why are we going out of our way to delve back into time to reopen old wounds I mean, I guess it's to add to the conversation, you know? I don't want to shut it down either, right? Yeah. Because we want to recognize that that was wrong and that should never happen again. Watch that shit and so we can talk about it. The, the Marilyn Manson Yeah, because it's fucking bananas. I, I, I was never a fan, so I didn't follow him. I, I don't follow celebrities, so I didn't even know right. about the relationship. And it was like in the early 2000s, like 2003 to 2006 or something like that, or 2006. To, they were together like three or four years. Isn't it weird how you love TV reality shows? And I'm a very, I'm like super annoyed by them. But like I follow celebrities and I kind of know about shit based off of the online yeah. Right. You, yeah. I should. I should be into. We were like. We're like on opposite sides. Oh, whatever. Well, we're filling each other in there. I love TV in shows and movies, but I don't like read yeah. articles about people. And I've I've been following her online with this story and um, Rose McGowan because she also dated Marilyn Manson and she was coming out with me too. And I think it's really interesting how. She dated Marilyn Manson, but she says nothing. Everything was consensual on her end, and she never saw any of mm-hmm. this, which I think is weird because it was whatever. But it was like there was in a lot the documentary. Of she talks about like it was a long time before she actually named him. Like she was speaking out about being abused and and being in a relationship with domestic violence and sexual assault and all that, but uh, she never named who it was and people always speculated based off her history Listen, who it was i, I was watching it in real time jay him. and i was like this is fucking weird and it to me what Mar- what that whole situation felt like was he was married she too. was trying to take advantage of his celebrity and he was trying to take advantage of her naiveness and her youth i don't know if she was trying to take advantage of his celebrity i think she I mean, I may be biased because I believe I mean, her documentary. But, but listen, know? at the time, but the way she huge. explains it, she was 18, 19 years old. She was with a boyfriend and she just got swept but up by this like rock star celebrity. Right. But that's part of it. He was a hot rock star celebrity. So that I added I to the whole. I don't see how she's trying to take advantage when her entire team is telling her it's damaging to her reputation and her thing. And she was going against. Right. But that. I think she rock was just star, a dumb kid that got involved with an older guy. Right. And took advantage of her. Yeah. But that's it. 
his celebrity him? and his rock star is appealing to yeah. someone of her age. That's exactly That's why what a she lot said. of she's times, like, I can't believe this guy of this caliber right, looks like a god exactly. is me. He thinks I'm special. Exactly. And that's why a lot of people online are getting groomed by these online celebrities now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want to bring up any TikTok drama, but there was a whole thing where one of these dudes, that, the warrior the guy, guy. No, oh, the Indian guy. No, I was there's thinking, a, co- a bunch of them because even that Ch- James Charles or yeah, whatever, he was, was also into some whole grooming thing. And um, a bunch of these celebrities, they get a lot of attention really fast. And they use it to their advantage. So guys want to like, you know. It's so sad. So they take advantage. And he was taking advantage of her because she's young and naive. And what are you going to do? I want to know what you think after. And then like she talks about the whole Nazism and like how he's obsessed with yeah, Nazi stuff. Yeah, and why when and he was doing it. And how people thought it was ironic. Right. And not that he was literally really racist. Which is crazy. She said that she, he would always try to get somebody on tape either doing one of three things. Saying the N-word. Uh, or being abusive to somebody or admitting to something or whatever. And that she believes that that's how she, he kept a lot of his like people around him quiet. That guy is a sociopath. Yeah. But I don't know. I never got good vibes from that guy. I I never, I, the only song that I ever knew of his was the beautiful people. Like, I like, I I thought some of his songs were cool. I went to one of his concerts once. Because it was like a bunch the, of people. The thing that I thought was most fucked up the, in the thing that she talks about, and the, apparently there's witnesses coming forward and like corroborating her story, uh, the heart-shaped glasses music video uh-huh, that she I did remember with that, him, yeah. She said that she doesn't remember because she was so fucked up on absinthe and stuff that he was giving her, and that she, as they were going through things, he was doing stuff that... What wasn't agreed upon in the script of what the the shoot was going to be, and it just kept getting more and more progressive. And they were supposed to simulate having sex, and he actually penetrated her and like raped her in front of everybody. Oh, yeah, Jesus! So she was like, they had sex on stage in front of everybody, and she was yeah, obliterated. She had like, there was no consent there, right? And then, like, apparently there's a couple people that were on that set. They have come forward to corroborating her story and saying they felt very uncomfortable because she looked completely out yeah. of it. And it didn't seem But right. again, it's like, and it's like the Kanye and syndrome. all those people let that happen. But again, it's the Kanye syndrome or, 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 or the Harvey Weinstein syndrome, right? Where this guy has a lot of money, a lot of power. He's a big celebrity now. Now it's gone out of control. Now nobody could tell him shit. He does his own thing, and everybody just has to play along in his game. All right. We'll watch that. I'll watch that. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, went to a comedy show last night. I went to see Hassan Minaj from nice. um, the Patriot Act. He was also on the Daily was Show. Was it funny? It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. They did the thing again where they take your phone and they lock it away. That feels kind of weird. I had to say, tell my husband, okay, I'm putting my phone away now. So that you can't take any video. Right, right. Because A, comedians are working on new bits. They don't need people posting their shit online. It takes years and years to be able to come up with. I mean, it takes a long time to be able to come up with a whole ass show. So like, don't ruin it. How does this work? How do they take in and lock it up? Like, how do you know your phone is safe? Okay. Get back your correct phone. Like, what is this? Okay. So it's like a little pouch and it has a little magnetic enclosure pook and it closes you know like the little magnets that they put on the shit so that you don't take stuff from the store 
Okay. Right? You know how that has a little platform and they just, boop, they tap it and it opens. and, and all right. So it's the same concept, only it's a pouch that opens and closes with that same kind of lock. So what they'll do is you'll come in and they'll say, hey, put your phone on silent or turn your phone off or put it airplane mode. You stick it in, they close it. If, if they tell you, if you need to open it, there's people all around. You can just walk out of the theater and they'll open it for you so you could use so it. So you hold it yourself. So you have it yourself. Okay. Right, the whole time. But it's locked away so, so you can't touch it. So you if, can't record. So you can you leave can't. it on silent so it still vibrates. So if an emergency happens, you feel it vibrate and you think you might want to check it. Right. Like you yeah, can yeah. turn off all notifications and only put like emergency mode or something like right, that. Right, right. I don't know what's going Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So then, and then um, that way, um, you're not stealing shit. You're not posting shit. He is working on, mate- uh, this is a show that he's going to essentially videotape and then probably have on like Netflix or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. So he don't need nobody. There's like- also less chances of people capturing bad jokes, putting it on the internet and then being canceled. I mean, true. I mean, there's a whole list of reasons why this is a good idea. Also, uh, get off your fucking phone and watch the fucking yeah. show. Yeah. I would say the same for concerts. Uh, lock the phone away. I, I understand there's emergencies, but like, enjoy your life. I can't tell you how many times I get upset when I go to a concert and I see a 50 million phones. All you see in front of you Just phones. all of it. Just boop. And you're just like, dude. I'm, I mean, I am guilty of taking a few videos, but I, I, mean, I put I it say, away because I don't like right. to live the concert through the phone because I don't feel like i really experienced it and i have a big regret with one concert for that and that's that i went to see rufus wainwright and uh sean lennon at radio city music hall oh that's a good show and they performed across the universe together because he does a cover of that song and sean lennon played the guitar on the song with him Mm -hmm. so it was like a monumental moment his dad fan wrote this song and he's doing it with rufus whatever and instead of watching it I videotaped it mm-hmm. and I was really like really watching through the thing. Even right. though I would look up in between. Right. It takes away from the moment. I think it does. And I understand the concept of like boop, getting a little clip because you want to kind of have that in your back pocket to always like reminisce or whatever. But like, do not it's spend your gram. whole fucking show videotaping on your phone. First of all, the quality is garbage. Mm-hmm. The quality fucking sucks. What are you going to do with it? You're just going to sit there and stare at it because you're probably going to forget about it. It's for the gram. But the new, but the new, yeah, everybody it's all just, it is. It's like, oh, oh, look what I did. For fucking clout because that's all that matters now these days. But anyways, it's great. Put the phone away. It was a wonderful comedy show. Then I partied hard afterwards. Kind of nursing a hangover. Paying for it now. Yeah, because I mean, I was like, the, the Taco Bell I'm really close to my house because it's the hard rock and um, I can drink and I'm with my friends and like we're having a good time. It was fun. That's awesome. And it's inspiring because I'm like, uh, I want to be on stage. So I was telling my friend, we're going to, we got to be a stage like this. This is the stage we're going to be on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I'm trying to figure out where to go with my Fin Air. I have a Fin Air credit for canceling my trip to Spain. Mm-hmm. I was considering just going back to Spain. But when we're looking, I don't want any fucking layovers. I want nonstop, straight, straight flight, shot yeah. there. Don't make me have I don't to jump be on another more than shit. Eight or nine, it's nine hours already without a layover. So no thank you, right? So the ones available for that that are within the price range are are, are still one stop. And it makes the, like, the trip way too fucking long. Yeah. So I, I, don't make fun of me, okay? Because I get into weird shows randomly. Right. But I've never watched Downton Abbey. I hear it's good. A lot of people love that show. I am I'm enjoying it. 
Oh, so you started watching it. You really like it. Where is it? I started watching it. It's on where's Netflix. It? But where is it located? Where does it take place? It's in, in England. And, okay. and it's a it's a town called Down, Downton. Mm-hmm. And it's basically and it's based in the early 1900s. The first episode airs like when the Titanic sinks. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's like 1912. <clears throat> and like the Titanic sinks and, and an heir to Down, Downton Abbey passes away. And that's how you learn about this whole. And it's really interesting because you see. That whole British thing about the lords and the the, the, the ladies and the servants and the housemaids uh-huh. and the lady maids and all that. And there's a lot of drama, but there's like, there's the servant stories and then there's, I like that. Silly. And it's like a very, um, like um, a period piece, right? Like they're yeah. very all like, dressed up. The costumes yeah. are very. Costumes uh-huh. are great. It's yeah. just, it, it, it can be a little boring sometimes and I can fall asleep to okay. it. Great. But <laughs> the drama is good, and it's just all the properness and the oh la 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 la, you know. <laughs> I like it, and now, now I'm like, man, I I've always wanted to go to England, so now I'm like, now I really want to go to England, yeah, and Scotland. And there's a recent episode I just watched where they go to Scotland, and it's just so beautiful. So I'm considering England, Scotland, England, Scotland, and Ireland if I can figure out how to put it into the trip. yeah. I was like Ireland. I was like. I was like, for whatever reason, we chart in the charts and the podcast charts in Ireland. <laughs> Let's go to Ireland Green. and see who's out there. <laughs> yeah. You can smoke there? No, I just mean like, you know, green is their color. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If we, we love green there, too. Honestly. Well, and you can smoke anywhere, technically. <laughs> Probably tolerated. Hey, guys. Uh, that's enough of us yapping away. Here's a couple of stories you might be interested in. If it's nuggy and it's news, we read it. We read it to you. <laughs> okay, so we talked about how they were going to talk about how they were going to vote on the more active. Right, end. and then all week everyone was like, yeah, uh-huh, right? All when? Week. When? 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 Even what time? Thursday we and had like, an interview and we're like, it hasn't happened yet. What's yeah. going on? It finally happened Friday. So this finally. is the story. We're not reading the whole story. Just the gist of it. Yeah, just because we already know what happens. Yeah, just a few paragraphs of it because it was like ridiculous long and they always repeat the same shit over and over. So House approves federal marijuana legalization bill for second time in history. Yes, people, we have gone through this drill already. Yeah, just really quick. Yay. <laughs> yeah, 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 wait, yeah, yeah, we already did. We're, sure. We've been here. We've been here. We've done that <laughs> and we're doing it again, okay. apparently. So the U.S. House of Representatives on Friday approved a bill to federally legalize marijuana for the second time in history, also adapting a pair of amendments to the legislation before final passage. Como siempre. Following an hour of debate on the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, also known as the MORE Act, from the House Judiciary Chairman Gerald Nadler, and the approval of two amendments and the rejection of a third, the full chamber voted 220 to 204 to end the federal cannabis prohibition and promote social equity in the industry. The vote fell largely along party lines with only three Republicans supporting the measure and two Democrats opposing it. Yeah, for real. <laughs> a nearly identical version of the Moore Act passed in 2020, but it stalled in the Senate, passed through the sponsors panel again this session in September. Three Republicans to vote for overall passage of the bill were Reps Matt Gates, Brian Mast, and Tom McClintock. The two Democrats who voted against were Reps Henry Quillar and Chris Pappas. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey. What the hell, Dems? 
we're supposed to all be on board. Boo! I don't know how long that goes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we've been here already, so a lot of people think that that's just what's going to happen. It's going to stall in the Senate again, that we're not going to have the votes needed for it to pass there. Right. We uh, we actually posted about it. Uh, it's interesting when we post news stories and there's like a lot of people going, yay, let's do it. And other people going, eh, it's not going to fucking happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we got uh, someone who's on our podcast, the Dr. Mike. Uh, we love him. He wrote in and he said, unfortunately, it's dead in the Senate. Not only do you not have 60 votes, you don't even have 50 Dems on board. Opposition likely to come from these Democrats. And he listed them. Senator Feinstein, Tester, Shaheen and Collins, uh, which is pretty interesting. Uh, there was another comment here. Somebody left. Let me see. Magic City Fun Guy says, now you wait for the Senate to say no again. They'll need 60%. It's projected that we have less than 55% to- uh, fifty-five percent support, which is total bullshit. Majority rules. 55% is majority enough, apparently. So they get technical when it comes down to like uh, how many votes pass it, how many votes don't. And pretty much everybody is saying it's going to die at the Senate. Um, I mean, that's the history so far. Right. Um, And that much has changed since the last. Well, but what was the last? Who was it? We had a different president the last time it went around, right? Yeah, but the Senate. Well, what year was that that it got voted on last time? Um, Was it during 2020? I want to say it was the last year that Trump was in office, right? So. 2019 leading into 2020 it might have actually around there it was in 2019 because it was when we first started the podcast okay yeah yeah it was like one of the first stories we talked about was it going through the judiciary committee that might have been i don't know we would have to do our research but i would say it was it was kind of back then so i think differently would be maybe the president i don't know if it would change anything because it's kind of like down to the senators right that's why it's so important that like everybody just fucking flood their their freaking you know, how you contact them, call them, write to them. You Everybody them. just, you know, make them make it known the constituents want this, especially to those those senators that that Mike, Dr. Mike listed. Those guys need to be freaking bombarded with it. Yeah. On, um, But like, really, it doesn't hurt to try. If they really feel like it's going to affect their chances of getting reelected. But what I was going to say, right, is like after the pandemic and we um, ruled it was a what was it? An, an essential an business. An essential business. Yeah. Like, wouldn't we like, isn't it safe to say like, <laughs> choo choo, all aboard. Like, let's get this fucking get cannabis show on the road. Cannabis train. Going you know who with. we're not sure if they're on board or not? Biden. I know. Right. So this other headline we just saw recently, White House won't say if Biden supports federal marijuana legalization bill passed by House. So we're going to play the little clip when they ask Press Secretary Secretary Jen Psaki Psaki this specific question. Here we go. Good question on another subject. The House passed the bill today that would remove marijuana from the federal schedule of controlled substances. Every Democrat, save for two, voted in favor of this bill. Does the president support the legislation? Uh, well, first, let me say that, um, as the president said during the campaign, our current marijuana, marijuana laws are not working. Uh, he agrees that we need to rethink she our approach, including to, to address the racial disparities and systemic Okay. Inequities uh, in our criminal justice system, broaden research on the effects of marijuana and support the safe use of marijuana for medical purposes. Uh, We look forward to working with Congress to achieve our shared goals and we'll continue having discussions with them about this objective. Jackie, go ahead. Thank you. 
So what we were saying, right? Because <laughs> I know you kind of have a couple mixed feelings about this. They're just repeating campaign points and promises, basically. Right. But I also think that they're kind of, they feel safe that they're not going to have to worry about it. So this is like their little umbrella comment. comment. Yeah. Because they're basically saying like, okay, you want to talk about this, but it's in not order for get us to, to talk my about it. Anyway. Right. Exactly. It's not going exactly. to get to my desk anyway. Exactly. So like, why comment on right, it? Right. Like it needs to pass. It needs to happen for us to work to, for us to jump on that shit. Yeah. Cause it once, let's say the percentage does pass it. It goes to his desk to sign. And then he, he has no cho- cho- choice. He, he has had- no choice, but to fucking address it and get the shit done. He's going to have to sign it because he said he wouldn't oppose it if it came to his desk. Right. But he's got to get there. The, yeah, exactly. It's got to so get I there. I would be surprised if Mr. Biden or whatever, those people are lobbying the senators to not get it there so that he doesn't have to make that decision. I mean, look, I don't know. I don't know, bro. Yeah, everyone. This is just, this is too much back and forth. It's taking right. too long. Just get it done already. Oh, I know. We just. And then the question is what happens when it's Right. Done? And then, so that's the next thing. Like, a lot of people hit us up going like, oh, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? So, right. So, House has approved it. Everybody there is like, cool. We like this. This is good. Now, the Senate needs to approve it. And then, basically, if it, if it passes the Senate, then the president really if has. It, and, and if it passes the Senate, it probably won't be the same bill. It, they're probably going to change some shit, right. take some stuff out, add some shit in there that has nothing to fucking do with it. Who like, knows, right? Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, to try to sabotage it, I wouldn't be fucking surprised. Or not even to sabotage it. Like, they're trying to, like, to get freaking people on right. board to vote for it. They're like, oh, we got to add this to it to actually get people to vote for it. Right. Then, then if that passes, right, let's say that they say, okay, that's cool. All right. Decriminalize, boop, 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 all this shit. Then they're going to leave it up to the states. They're not even going to really lay down the law of the land because they're going to leave it up to your state to decide for you then what what happens. Yeah. And I honestly think if it did get federally decriminalized, that I think even states that are currently fully illegal will start getting on board because now it's not federally legal. There's right. No now they, they're area. kind of forced. They're Again, like, okay, the bridge is there. They have to cross. We can't it. arrest people for it anymore. You know, they could probably only find people for it. They're not going to allow people to be going to jail for it anymore. So maybe they'll either get on board with it or just continue to be living in the anti and and, the and and adopt the if you're anti stay here. If you're not, go to one of to them. See other how many states. freaking people leave those states. Go to one of them. All on board. <laughs> yeah, I know. Plus the money, bro. So Why much would money. you not want your your own constituents so much money to be made? Whatever. I know. You could be reinvesting all that into the communities, you know, education, lobbying, (laughs) whatever. Anyways, (sighs) speaking. Oh, yeah. Speaking of big. Oh, what you do? I know. I was trying to get to my soundboard. No. (coughs) I didn't mean to do that, dude. Okay. I need to get it to it though. Oh, for the fucking two <laughs> seconds of this. I love you, Miami! <laughs> Trying to get to that button. All right, you're green. Florida threatens to revoke Disney's self governing authority over LGBTQ bill feud. Wait, hang on. Disney's what now? <laughs> 
who wrote this? Self-governing authority. Right. They had their their own thing. Yeah. If you've been They're to Disney, big enough if you're to from be here, there. you would know that Disney's their own thing. They have their uh, you own don't even have to be. You don't even have to be around here to know Disney's a whole ass motherfucking no, thing. No, but I don't think people, I don't think it's common knowledge unless you're like a Disney it's like a huge whole fan that they're like their own municipalities. They have their own like They have their own gas station and their own auto center, which I thought was and, amazing. Yeah. Earlier this week, Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill that allows parents to school to sue school districts if teachers violate what appear to be tactically vague limitations on discussing sexual orientation or gender identity. After internal pressure that included an employee walkout at the company's Burbank, California office, the Disney Corporation, whose Walt Disney World is a major employer and tourist draw in Florida, issued a statement that said the bill should never have passed. I should never have been signed into law. Disney further said that our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts. In response, DeSantis said that he believes the company no longer deserves special privileges under Florida law. He was referring in part to a suggestion made by Republican State Representative Spencer Roach that legislators should discuss a repeal of the 1967 Ready Creek Improvement Act. Act, which allows Disney to act as its own government. In the mid 1960s. Oh, that's me, dude. oh sorry. That's <laughs> okay. I mean, you can go. In yeah, the mid 1960s. Very... <laughs> I got into it, guys. It's cool. In the mid 1960s, the Walt Disney World Company proposed building a recreation oriented development on 25,000 acres of property in Central Florida. The property sat in a remote area of Orange and uh, Asacola County, so secluded that the nearest power and water lines were 10 to 15 miles away. Neither Orange nor Osceola County had their services or the resources needed to bring the project to life. In 1967, the Florida legislator working with Walt Disney World Company created a special taxing district called the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Reedy. 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 Sorry. R-E-E-D-Y. Reedy. Uh, Reedy Creek Improvement District that would act with the same authority and responsibility as a county government. That's nuts. I'm really into it because I kind of uh, got it, but I can't. I can't believe that. They're shit. their own government, dude. That's like that's their like uh, that's like uh, what was it called? What is it? Martial law? Is it like that's like in the ocean has no, its own thing? No, that's marine law or Mar- marine. And then in something. the air, there's another there's uh, nautical nautical laws or nautical or marine whatever. Maritime, maritime, right? And it's like different. And when well, you're in the air, like it's own city. And when you're in the air, it's different, right? So they have like their own police officers, their own fire That's, fighters, their own like. Wow, as explained by site Florida Politics, the RCID's governing body, the board supervisors, is chosen by the RCID's landowners. There are some landowners besides Disney in the district, but none whose holdings are within an order of magnitude of the mouses, which means Disney, in effect selects the board members because of a requirement in the, in, in the law, it then grants them nominal ownership over five acres of land, which they have to give back when they leave the board. The Orlando Sentinel has described the land as inaccessible and undeveloped, undevelopable. So all that undeveloped land, I, I guess how- it's, it's part of those five acres they give to people so that they can be part of the board of members. I guess that's how they appoint their own board members. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, we want this person to be a board member, so we're going to give them five acres that they can't do anything with, but that's they a- own it. Huh. Hmm. 
That's interesting. The board can, among other things, write building codes, sell tax-free bonds, produce electricity, condemn property, and kill mosquitoes. Yeah, everybody talks about the mosquitoes. Like, <laughs> you don't see mosquitoes in Disney. Like, you don't get bit. They have, like, some kind of special, like, formula they do where they just, there's no mosquito population in the Disney grounds. What? Yeah. They have, like, a special program for killing mosquitoes that they focus on because... That is like the one of the worst things about being oh, yeah. down here in Florida are the That's fucking true. mosquitoes anytime yeah. you're outside. Yeah. So Disney has like a whole program. I never thought about that. that. That's fucking wild. You're outside all the time. So yeah. You- I never even I never even thought about that. <laughs> I know. That's mind blowing. So, they have a whole thing with the cats, right? And the mouses. They have like feral cats that live on the Disney property grounds. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. I've never seen cats. And they come out at night, bitch. <laughs> It is crazy. There's like a documentary on Disney. Before we went, when I went with my family the last time, uh, my husband got really into this documentary where it, it talks about how they got the land and what their idea was. It's really interesting. Some of this might be in there. Probably. So it says here, how serious of a threat is DeSantis making? Well, Florida's legislature has finished with its annual business and won't meet again until next year. Unless DeSantis calls a special session, but one also imagines that even if building code approval and other responsibilities reverted to other local authorities in central Florida, those authorities might defer to the interests of the global Mwambeka corporation that is responsible for 99.9% of their economic activity. Right. That area's economic. Which, I mean, think about it. Disney's listen. I when we were and we agreed. Disney even it's draws not a good thing. People that go to Universal, but like, Disney yeah. is a huge company, and they're untouchable, just like Marilyn Manson was back in the day. Yeah, uh, and even more so then, and forever and ever, Disney, because Disney owns everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Disney owns stock in everybody's life. Yeah. Which is very scary, but like also see how they're kind of like even local governments have to get in line. Die by the fucking mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, hey, you're going to do what I say. Yeah. <laughs> Come over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Suck on my mouse nuts. <laughs> And now we'll intro into our interview <laughs> after a mouse nuts joke. <laughs> so this next interview was really fun because we're very excited about our dinner event happening April 30th at the Hemp Mansion. This is the first event that we put on and we just kind of wanted to do a small, nice, intimate. fancy, intimate dinner party. Um, so when we met Flavio, we were like, whoa, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke to him today, uh, and he tells us a little bit of his story, how he got into uh, hemp, and how he started Hemp Mansion, and, um, you know, basically what he wants to do with that, and tells us a little bit about um, his CBD products. I uh, hope you enjoy the interview. Here it is. Okay, so how I guess I've been, I've been doing this, or how I got into it was, I was we moved to the hood, I was a kid, and uh, I started you know, some horrible stuff, but I ended up moving to the hood and it was kind of like, I was kind of nerdy. So they were like, Oh, you know, this is the nerdy kid. And so I don't know, it got to the point where they were like going to beat me up or not, you know? And so I don't know, for some reason, somebody told them that I was kind of nerdy. So they were like, Hey man, 
they showed me this magazine. They're like, what does this say? And I was just like, what are you talking about? And they're like, what does this say? It's about growing plants. And I looked at it, and that was the first time I ever seen a high magazine. I was 12 years old, and they were, and they basically was talking about adding CO2 to your grow rooms to supplement, you know, know what the the sun does this is crazy this is science and i was like back then i would look at like popular mechanics um all these science different magazines and like astronomy whatever and uh i was just like blown away by it so i was just like dude this is what i want to do for the rest of my life you know and so so when you were that's insane 12 year olds were looking at high time i know and then and then they were like somebody who was trying to grow was asking you hey what does this mean is that how it went down yeah, and so that's kind of how it was. So then, like, I was basically exposed to it at this point. And it was it was more on, like, a love of science, but at the same time, it was gardening. My mom used to force me to, like, garden to get out of the side of the house because I was always online. I was, like, you know, on data stuff, and I don't know. And that was, like, her way to, like, get me out. So I was doing growing, and they kind of knew that. And so that was, like, the first time I ever seen the plant. But not the plant as in seeing the plant because I put in the, the note thing that my mom was in uh, native in Mexico, which is Pura Pata, and they actually use it for medicinal purposes. And so this was the only time I ever seen it outside of that realm, that it was medicine. And my friends were kind of like, you know, they weren't my friends at that time, but actually they became friends after that point. And so it was a love of the plant. You know, we started smoking. They didn't beat me up. And actually (laughs) they started having me work out with them. So if they ever, any of the other guys decided to beat me up, they were like, you at least can defend yourself. So they helped me work out. And uh, ever since then, it was kind of like we were smoking, growing, I mean, and like selling, a lot of selling. And uh, I mean, that was, you know, my mom ended up catching me later on. And Where there. would but, you guys grow? Yeah, I was kind of into it. Like, where'd you keep your plants if had to keep away from I your parents? Because we lived in the hoods, but there was like here in the Florida in hood, it means like either a trailer park or in the hood and like they're easily usually like surrounded by the woods because they try to keep people away from them. And so like you just go in the woods, you know, <laughs> you and so where we lived, it was kind of like they called it like dirty south, but literally it was like kind of like, I guess it was kind of like not Everglades. Here's like kind of swampy areas. So it was kind of like wet, but at the same time, like it was just the perfect weather, you know, yeah. for these plants, but they grow, they would be growing out there and they'd be whatever, man. It was kind of what we sold. <laughs> You know, and and you and you had a link. So tell me a little bit about your mom. Like, so you you told me that you you had your pra- the way you practice, the way you grow. It, it was all it's all family. Yeah. So my so my mom asked. You know, like later on, I was trying to figure out about her past, and so I asked her. You know, like what did we do? How? We, what kind of people we were? And she starts telling me about. You know, they're they're in the mountains, and sometimes you know they they're close to Acapulco, so they go out. They're fishing. They're actually known as like the fish people, and like our our I guess my family what they did was growing, right? So they would grow um, corn and other and beans and whatever, and I guess medicinal plants as well. My mom, you know, growing up, she was always like people would just randomly come to the house, and she'd be like the medicine woman. But I didn't. I was like, Mom, can you stop doing this stupid bullshit? Because I always thought it was just bullshit, you know. But she'd be like, so people were like with the egg or like taking, you know, different like um, herbs and like smoking their house, whatever. She just that's what she was always doing. And I just kind of ignored it all. I just wanted to get away from it. But uh, I mean, that's kind of what how I started, you know. 
Interesting. And, and what changed your ma- what changed your mind to make you embrace it more? Um, honestly, now, so <laughs> I guess so much through over the years of like business. I mean, you get you get desensitized to like people, and you, you get to a and honestly, like you get to a point where it's just kind of like driven by money, and and you just have to get depressed. You kind of like remove yourself from that, you know, and so. It, it, and, you, and you get to a point where I, a lot of the things that I was doing, some things did, you know, do cause like pollution. Um, but and when you get to your darkest days, you get to the point where you're just like, I got to do something with what I can do now. You know, and so that was kind of like, so I stopped, we stopped, I stopped smoking when I was about four, 14 years old. I started getting into like football and whatnot. And I actually and got like, huge into business later on. But when I, when I like got really depressed and like fell apart, I actually came back to the plant and it started like, I don't know, it, like it speaks to you about like your culture. And then I met this woman, Rita, online on Instagram and I can't remember her handle right now, but she she's in charge of the Equinox. I think it was in New Mexico and she's also in charge of like a seed bank. And so she started sending me seeds that my, my mother's people would be growing because she's actually was like oh who are the you know who what's their their name and and i was just like okay so i started telling her their name and she's like telling me about these seeds and all of a sudden she's like you know some of these seeds like monsanto like comes after them and like don't release them we just share them to like family families right and so she sent me some of the seeds and i started getting more into it and that's kind of why like i really put that on the on the notes because um i started like looking into the people and I realized that there was like one of the tribes that never was conquered by like the Aztecs or like the Spanish. They actually like teamed up with the Spanish and it was just so much history. And, but the plant goes all the way back because they used it for like medicine. And it was just crazy because it like came back to it and I fell apart, man. You know, like I got depressed from doing business and building a bunch of brands. And now at this point, I'm like, I got, I, I got all these resources and I hadn't been using them at that point. It was just more for money. And since I, the plant saved me at that point, I had to like decide what am I going to do? I'm going to continue like doing the same business stuff that I was doing or actually use my my resources for good. And so like that's when I started like really digging into my mom's past is when I wanted to do good with it. So, yeah, so I, I dropped a piece of equipment, got hurt, and I kind of was, like, laying in bed, and I was just, like, dude, I was 360 pounds, and kind of was, like, giving up on life at this point, right? I was just, like, I've tried everything, tried doing, tried flipping, doing all kinds of stuff. It wasn't working, and I couldn't get anybody to come help me, like, to do even do this job. So nobody's going to come help me when I have a messed up leg, right? And my parents were out of town. They were in um brazil or something for like three months whatever it was a trip and so then i'm kind of laying there in bed and i'm just like i'm done like i should just kind of like kill myself right at this point and i used to write these motivational quotes on the board for my for my crew right like because they would get depressed and they were all like in college and i'm just like and the last one i wrote up was you're still alive right and i kind of looked up at the board and i was just like the things that i keep telling them i should have been listening right holy fuck right i look up and like i just you're still alive and, and at that whole moment everything that was like ever done everything that i've been through was kind of like i got to do something you know 
Gotta get really yourself out of the funk. And, yeah. And I was like selling dabs at this time, right? I was like making a bunch of money because like my parents were like, "You need anything?" I'm like, "I don't need anything," because I was selling dabs, you know, just stupid shit, black market, whatever. And uh, my cousin was like always huge about doing dabs, and I, I think that's kind of why he left was I was always upset with him about using marijuana for like before work or when he was stressed, and I would get upset with him, right? And uh, I was just like, maybe I should try that, right? So I. So you weren't at this point. You weren't using it. You weren't using it. You're just selling it. No, I was just working. I wasn't doing it at this time anymore. Yeah. Right. I gave up when I was 14 years old. I stopped using it. I did sell, and I was like all about it up until I was like 14. Decided to like, I need to change my life, you know. And I always thought I. I, It wasn't that I was blaming the plant. It was just kind of like that's kind of what my escape get was like. Oh, I need to cut this out when it wasn't that, you know. And so then. I used it. I used, I did a huge dab. The knee pain went away, and I was just like, "Holy fuck, I got to do something right now!" And so, like, I like dragged myself to the truck, drove to CVS, bought a knee brace, put it on, and like, I had hurt, got my hurt before on my knee. Like, I hurt my, I've like sprained my knee before, and like, I knew what I needed to do, right? So then I started. I was by myself. I'm in the city of like, there's nobody gonna come help me. I'm in Huntington, West Virginia. I mean, it's the cap opiate capital of the world. So, like, my friends are not really, like, people I'm going to, like, use all the time. You know, and it wasn't that I'm going to use them. It's just they were all busy with their lives. Yeah, you couldn't rely you know? on them, right? Yeah, I didn't, like, I, I had to be strong for them. And, and at the same time, like, what, you know, like, I was, was always pushing that narrative. Like, be better for yourself. Yeah, be always you're yourself. always being positive for everybody else except for yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, so I, I started doing yoga, started working out, and I started preaching to them like, like "Hey guys, like you got to do something right now. Like you, like you're young enough to still do something. Like I've ruined my life. Like I'm, you know, and I'm like, you got to do something. You know, so I started using the dabs. I started doing yoga. I lost a hundred pounds, nice. but before I lost a hundred pounds, I was like fifty pounds with the dabs, and like ran out. Right. And I didn't have money to like buy more because I wasn't flipping anymore. And so then I just went down to the local smoke shop. They had hemp. I started using hemp and I was just like, holy shit, I still get the same results, but without the high. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to buy it from like somewhere in the middle of nowhere that I don't know where it's coming from, who's growing it, who's doing what. And, you know, and so but then when I started buying hemp, it was inconsistent as well. Like, I would go to one place, it would work sometimes, sometimes it wouldn't. So then I went to another place, same thing. Sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't work. And it was for my knee pain. And and every single time, I just kept switching sources, and it, and it was just never consistent. Right. And I kept telling my dad was, like, like super shocked, right? Like, what the fuck is going on? Thought I was, like, on drug, like, hardcore shit. Like, did a fucking, like, came down for two weeks, like, detoxed me from from him <laughs> you know and he's like what the fuck like he's making me run i was like doing all this crazy stuff and he's like how do you feel and i'm just like dude i just feel like shit but i'm still me you know and he was just like okay and i kept telling him about this him stuff and i was just like dude like we got to get into this and he kept calling it my hobby and uh anyways so it gets to the point where we're shutting down the construction business like we've we've like I'm like, dude, I'm not doing this anymore. He wanted, he kind of wanted to continue because he had a bunch of money tied up into it, right? But I'm like, I got to follow my dreams. It wasn't my dreams. I got to do something with the resources I have, you know? And so then he's like, okay, let's do this. 
And so then, I mean, I applied for a license. He didn't think I was going to get one. I ended up getting one. And like I told you, I had to do something, right? So now I'm like creating a consistent, like, like consistent quality brand. Yeah. yeah. And this brand, it's just, I just wanted what fixed to me. I think other people deserve that. What, how many years then did you, what, what, how long have you been growing hemp then now? Okay. Oh God. Like I think you're eight years now, I think five or eight years or something like that. Hemp like legally, right? Anything else has been whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what you have going now. How I don't long? know if you can still incriminate yourself over the years. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully soon. Hopefully. Hopefully all that's. I don't know. I mean, we, we, we've been here before, so, yeah. you know. No, we definitely grow some fire hemp. And, and that's kind of like, like I said, you know, it, t- it takes a different breed of person to like try to grow it. Because it, it's, it's not, you know, you throw it in the ground and let it grow type of thing. It's literally, like you said, you know, you start following it with the test results. So like you start, you can look at a plant and be like, okay, it's starting to get at this level just by looking at it, the leaves maturing or whatever, how big it's getting. And then I guess you can just tell, it's not really just telling, but like I said, looking at the plant and testing it over and over, you start like figuring it out. Experience from your observations, usually when it looks like this, the outcome of testings like this. They're all different from each other. So then when you grow another one, you got it through the same process. And your, how how big is your farm? Do you know how many how many plants do you have on your lot? Uh, we are five acres here. I think we we it depends because if you're not trying to do for show, right? We're not trying to keep it nice and pretty. Then it's probably like a thousand plants, maybe, right? Because we spaced them out. Mm. But if this last season when my uncle was like really pushing it, I think he got up to like three thousand plants, maybe four thousand plants here. Wow. It was about thousand per acre and it was really squeezing it and that was in the hard part is like the maintenance right like cutting the grass and like weed eating and then going in there and like cleaning them up if you 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 have more of that if you if you space them out less Uh, right so like can't drive a tractor in there you can't you you know it's just it's just you have it's crazy you get more labor and and it's that's probably why a lot of farmers go to like bring plastic and like doing other kind of like um agriculture type of practices and i guess you know like i said it's all a science project yeah and i mean i would imagine like it's so much harder growing like fine if you're gonna do an indoor grow you need a lot of resources to help you know to to put that together but like i feel like mother nature is unpredictable and growing outdoors is so much harder do you do you have to be on top of like the weather and all that like how does that even how can you even do that so, so we do have some like lights up that we're using to like keep them, you know, in veg. And it's kind of like a lot, a lot of, when I talk to a lot of hemp growers, they're like, dude, how do you do it? You know, like, especially in Florida, cause it's so much harder. So the crazy thing about the Florida numbers, right? So in Florida, there's about 800 growers supposedly. Right. And like other States, like in West Virginia, there's 4,500 growers. Right. And, but it's some such smaller state. And so then you're like, why? But here in Florida, you get fined if you go over the TAC trust hold the second time. So you can only feel it here twice. But in West Virginia, like still slapping the wrist, nothing, right? And so like you're you're allowed to do more R and D in other states that aren't like fining you. Mm. you know? And so that's that that also eliminates a lot of family farmers. They don't have the money to like 
spend on a thousand dollar test every time they right. want to How does the state thing. monitor that? Like you have to submit your test results or something? Yeah. So like oh. you can get R and D testing, which is like two hundred and fifty dollars, but like to get your you be able to sell your plant to the public, you have to pass a state test. Yeah. Okay. Right. And you have to be, I think, within 15 days of, like, harvest. And so then, like, you kind of have to, like, plant out your plant on that. And so if your plant isn't, like, it's going to go hot, right, in 30 days, then you got to get – you got to choose your plants wisely, right? Now, what kind of products do you guys make from your plants? Okay, so for a while, like I said, my dad's always been about quality, right, about, like, focusing, like, being the best at what you need to do. So he's like, first you got to – you know, focus on the growing. So I spent about three years focusing on the growing and passing a test. Right. And then after that, we focused strictly on flower and we've sold out three seasons in a row, just back to back, just boom, sold out, sold out. People love it. And now we're getting to a point. He's like, okay, we need to make oil. Right. And so produce more products. And uh, that other product came through because of a uh, well, patient, I guess not a patient, but somebody that was using our products got too old from parkinson's and he had like two metal rods in his head and they stopped working and so he's like super sensitive to a bunch of different oils and so they were like you can't use this oil you can't use that oil and that's kind of why we ended up using a vegetable glycerin for a carry agent because of uh the reason for, for that guy right for that person and so since then like a lot of people have loved our oil because they're super sen- you can be sensitive to oils but it's since it's vegetable glycerin it's not really an oil but it's also not an alcohol okay and so that's kind of why we use that for like our medical grade tinctures and like our sublinguals, but also for like our cosmetic lines because it's really good for your skin. And so, yeah, so now we've made, now we're making a cosmetic line, which is what we're focusing on now. But we've now, we did our flower, which is completely sold out on our website. And every time we sell it, it sells out. And so now we're hoping that our oil will do that soon too. But it's just so hard to like create organic products at a small scale but at trying to be large scale as a family right because you want to make money and it's like you kind of have to sell more in order to make that kind of money right yeah so so we sold a lot of a lot of flour and then you're like what do you do with all the stems and leaves and all this other stuff and i didn't want to create just an oil that just had that right that's what everybody does is use their trim mm-hmm. and they put it into their oils and so my dad was just like, if you're always trying to be the best at everything, add your flower. So now completely like this last season went all the flower. Yeah, full and, spectrum, like, so huh? Sp- like watch all this flower get grinded up. But, I mean, it makes great oil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. That- eventually, do- oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just like, man, that's so crazy. So what do you... How have you, like, what kind of uh, customers do you have? Like, do you, because you were talking about the gentleman that you were, that you started, you actually created a product, a whole product for. Move because I don't want to lose you guys again on the internet. You're on the, you're outside. A lot better for connection wise. Okay. Word. Oh, he's at the mansion. <laughs> oh, bro, who's okay, your dad? So you made it all mysterious. Like, I'll tell you who my dad is in a second. And I'm like on the edge of my seat. Who the hell's your dad? Okay, <laughs> okay so my my original dad, I guess my father, right? My, so original, my original dad. I like that one. Yeah, so he's like the cartel member, the bad guy, right? And so 
Um, he he was originally he was a bad person, right? And like long story like long story short, he kidnapped my mom and brought her to the U.S. as holy. <laughs> he kidnapped her for you real. You are lying. This you is are not here for real. Okay. shit right now. Seriously, okay, go. So, so he kidnapped her, brought her to the U.S. Like whenever like the whole CIA went down to like Mexico and like raided their fucking party down there, right? So he came to the U.S. and was like hiding himself and took basically my mom, right? as like a human whatever right so he took her with him and brought her to the u.s and basically kept her as like human slave and so that's when she got into like working in migrant farms and all that and that's why it was like huge for me to like try to help them right bring 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 some kind of like voice to them and so like if i was going to team up and be like part of like a huge product like it's tasty lee like really push it out there like i wanted to make a difference and so like if i I am going to bring funds to an organization. That's why I wanted to focus on that with the Immokalee Coalition, because that is what they do. And how organizations do more work is with money, right? And so that's why I was, like, huge about partnering with them because of my mom's situation. But, yeah, so my mom was a human slave, right? I hate saying that. And so then um, she was living with my father, and, like, she just kept trying to escape all the time, right? And finally got away got to a church and the church was like, like he found out, like beat her or whatever. And she's like, I just went to church. Right. And I don't know, one day it was, it was just bad. It was just really bad at that time. Right. And so then um, it got to a point where I don't want to talk about that part, but uh, I got to a point where I asked my mom, I was like, mom, we have to like leave or do something. And she called these guys and they, and it was basically the church. They came down with a van and they were like, grab your stuff. Right. You got a, a plastic bag and you got to fill it up and we got to go. Right. And so we jump into this van. It's me, my sister and my mom. We grab whatever we can. And they took us to basically a safe house, a safe house, which is uh, Mary Martha house. And uh, he found us like a couple weeks later and we had to leave again. And so then we went we ended up being at the spring, which is kind of like what I want to focus on later on in life. Right. And so then we ended up at the spring, which is a women's shelter in Tampa. And they have like security guard, round guard, round the clock security guard, and a fence, and all kinds of crazy stuff. And that's kind of where like I learned to like I need to like be for myself type of thing as well. And they had like guidance counselors, and uh, whatever. But yeah, so yeah, so my my original father is basically a cartel member that came here, and he was like a cop in Mexico, and like was like a thirty cop. And I don't know, my mom, I wanted to get away from him, right? There's like all kinds of different shady meetings, all this stuff, all crazy hours, whatever. Right. So she ended up getting away and like she just tried doing her best for us, you know, and she kind of kind of how she taught me how to hustle was like selling produce out of the trunk of our car to, to like try to buy a house someday, you know. And so we were like in all these different neighborhoods. And I, at that time, I still didn't get to weed until I was like 12 years old. But yeah, so she saved up for years until I was about um, 11 and she bought a house over in Ruskin and that's kind of where we moved to. And that was kind of like my story about my dad. But anyways, so then years later, I'm like hustling and doing all kinds of stuff. And I ran into this man named Roy Hunt and uh, he's basically like my dad now. And so I was young enough that he like, he's, I don't know. He was, he was always like, it was kind of like, if I needed any advice, I kind of go to him. Right. But he never told me anything. 
Like, he never told me who he is. He never told me any of that stuff, right? He was just more of like, if you have any problems, just come talk to me, right? And I just talked to him, and he gives me answers, right? And so um, when I got to the point of, like, business in my life, he started, like, he was just kind of like, you know, who are you working for? And I was, you know, that's kind of how I told him about that company. He came and met them and, like, tried buying them, right? Whatever. Tried buying part of the company, but it didn't work out. And so basically he's, he's just kind of like a friend. You know, and has he's been like the reason I call him my dad is because I've learned more from this man than any person I've ever like encountered, right? Mm-hmm. So like it's all business stuff and like human stuff, like being a man, a better man, and that's why I call him my dad. He's your father you figure. Know? Yeah, literally. You know. And so his I guess his job is to like like someday it's like for me to be bigger than he is or like become better than who he is and so like he told me over the years was just that if you're going to use your influence to like cause a change in your life or whatever in the future choose somebody that's good and that's why he's always kind of like you know shared his like advice with me over the years and also now it's funding you know but like it's it's he's also had me work for it you know it wasn't yeah. like easy it's kind of like and you know a lot of people think that as soon as you get funding oh my god it's fucking easy right no way dude like you need funding forever like yeah. mm-hmm. if this year that year for this thing for that thing and and it's in it's um man i mean how we built up our fund was just like flipping shit honestly you know like how we got to the hemp mansion was you know he had some condos and i was just like dude like i'm really good with online stuff like let me help market these things oh yeah you know marketing them we got them sold we staged them we sold them and they were like thirty thousand dollars a piece that he got them at and we ended up flipping those for like fifty sixty thousand now they're worth like two hundred thousand mm-hmm. right but we flipped real early on and later on he's like where do you where would you want to live you lived in tampa and i was like downtown where in downtown and i was like channel size like the place to be we bought into there and that 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 went from like 250 to uh, we ended up selling at 480 or whatever and so we've just been flipping all these different years first we started with the i mean like you know houses and then tomatoes and i mean we just it been rolling it onto itself. Yeah, and you just collecting all of the resources and then just building stuff. And then- yeah, and it, and it got to the point where he was just like, I you know I got depressed and I stayed in for I stayed in West Virginia like I, you know I was gone, and he was just like come home, and I'm like dude I'm not coming home you know, unless I'm growing this plant like I'm like I don't want to do any kind of business other than this, and he and so he's like let's sell everything so we sold all of our real estate basically everything we we have even his house and we bought the hemp mansion which is what the hemp mansion is today right so like everything all the properties we've ever had every single dime went into this place and plus some. and, and so, what's the vision with the hemp mansion because i i know you make it's available on airbnb like people can rent it like what are the different um things that you know people could use the hemp mansion for oh okay so so yeah so we so now that we're you know it is the dream whatever it's a passion right and we have this house and we're like growing on it and i'm like man people should experience this like you know it's so beautiful like the property but at the same time it's like you almost feel like you're not in brandon you know and it, at the same time because it's a licensed farm like you can smoke here you can like do you know like you're free it's almost like having freedom 
And so we're using the land to pay for the house. You know, we, we don't, we've, we didn't grow up this way. He didn't either. Right. Like, like he had, he asked his mom for like tube socks and she was like, no, like growing up. And that's kind of what like inspired him to like try to help me out was that he had to like fight that throughout his whole life in West Virginia. And that's also why I'm like a huge fighter for West Virginia. Cause it is like the underdog state for the whole United States. And it's like, who's going to fight for them if there's not somebody else, you know? And so either way, like my whole life has been kind of like trying to put everybody up, up, up. And now I'm just to the point where like I can use my resources for that, you know? And so when I told him, I was just like, dude, we got to use this place and like open it up to the public. At first is like, it was kind of like, I don't know, man, we're going to ruin it. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, he knows that, you know, we we're like, it's not that we're trying to be the first, but we just want people to have a safe space to use and medicate and not be treated differently. And so like nowadays I'm like focusing on yoga and like, um, doing that, dude. Like, honestly, I like weed, but like, I know some people talk about doing tea breaks. Right. But honestly, like when I smoke too much weed, I feel like I get lost in the sauce. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it brings me back. And I just, and so I, I always love the plant for that. And, and like, you know, my dad always says it brought his son back. Right. Even though that's not like my real, my real. Dad, right. Right. My dad. Yeah. You know, I was going to go so, back to asking you about like your customer base. So you yeah. said you sold out a flower first and then you started moving into other different kinds of products. So like, are you just based on like, are you doing uh, sales through your website? How are you? Are you linking up with yes. local patients that maybe you have told? We were, where to- we were selling a lot in farmer's markets, right? And so a lot of people were just kind of like, man, I'd rather support this guy at the farmer's market. He's got fresh stuff. And in so what I learned, okay, weird stuff, right? So when I was doing the Tasty Lee stuff, I, I met with the like the important people at Whole Foods, right? And so when you walk into Whole Foods, I shouldn't tell you guys this, but like this is like my brain chemistry stuff all the time, right? And so um, I walk into Whole Foods with like their lead like marketing person, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, do you know why there's flowers when you walk into Whole Foods? And I was like, no. He says, because it triggers brain chemistry, like brain stuff in your brain, like chemistry in your brain to like, tr- to tell you that it's fresh, like the smells. Oh, and like, like, I love know, the psychology of marketing. The That's, of the flowers. Yeah. Yeah. It's all like it's Trader all Joe's does it too. Right. And so then, yeah. And so, and, and when you walk into the produce aisle, right, all their produce is in like these Ifco bins, right? But they're all hidden behind this like marketing like like papered like outfitted stuff, right? So like when you walk into the produce aisle, it looks like there's like like wooden bins, but it's actually like a plastic cart under it, right? Mm-hmm. And so there, it's just product placement and like, and so when I when I was gonna start selling our hemp, I really wanted to focus on that fresh feel, right? Because how else can you do it without like trying to like make flowers and all this crazy stuff on ads, right? So I took my plants down to the local flea market and fucking sold that shit. Right. I was just like, what you can, I can use it as an art, right. As art or educational. And I called down to the city and I was like, do you guys care if I bring my plants? And they're like, nobody's ever called us about this. And I was like, okay. And they were okay with it. Right. So like, I got these like videos on TikTok of like me set up on the side of the road, right. Selling flour. 
right? I had like fresh. And you've, ne- you've never had a cop approach you thinking it's it's weed. What's that? You've never had a cop like anybody call the cops on you thinking oh, yeah, you're selling I have videos weed? of that too on TikTok. <laughs> and so like cops approaching me, people calling the cops on me. You just show them and, your license, uh, your like, like hemp license, and be like, no, this is hemp. You can test it. Yeah, flying over the fields like helicopters, all kinds of hours. Like it was like in the beginning of hemp, it was crazy. Oh damn! I could only how nervous would you be when you hear them helicopters circling over your crop? Yeah, they didn't care about us. Like I'm like growing, and I'm like, hey, I'm about to get robbed, and they didn't. They were like, you got a gun, protect yourself. Yeah. <laughs> your <laughs> decision, like, right, dude. Like your stand bed. your ground. It's At your least bed. you're in you Florida. In <laughs> At least you're in Florida. This was in West Virginia. Like, oh up, like, you know. shit. Yeah, it was bad. And so I know I got shook down. I almost got shook down a couple times. Almost got robbed. Had my dog with me. I mean, it's just. It's been crazy, but yeah, I ended up ended up going to like local flea market in West Virginia, sold out there, and then like people kept asking, and I went got got a booth, sold out again, and my dad was just kind of like come back to Florida, and I was just like, nah, I'm left, so I'm growing, and so I came down here, been growing for the last two years, and started hitting the farmers markets again, so I started hitting the farmers markets again, and we have our own online store, and so when we were in West Virginia, we also did sell a ton on TikTok. I'm talking about like we sold out. Our, first, our our season that season when I got on TikTok in like three days on TikTok. and all and you would say it was all because of TikToks um, yeah man TikTok's an easy way to push yeah I know you get, we were, uh, it wasn't even and it was like, a, honestly, if like, it was a, think it's easy and if it's it was twenty twenty like, I was posting or twenty nineteen right TikTok, no it's it was not, way less yeah okay the but this is the thing it, right it is not easy not okay? anymore no no but it was never easy we just well if you were listen, consistently posting right you had good content right you have to product, be consistent yeah. yes it but was this good. is the thing and also the, during the pandemic i gotta say i think also that helped too because people were online because people were online and you were, people were looking for connections and connecting to others over the internet yeah but well, we were growing right before this pandemic so we were at about 120,000 followers, and then the pandemic hit, and we got oh, up to like you 160, gotta, uh-huh. and sold out in three days, I guess, around that time. But yeah, that was the, like, before that, we were at about about a month to two months before we sold out, and then with, like I said, with TikTok and the pandemic, it was two days. And it kind of shook us a little bit, because I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. Um, we couldn't get enough boxes. Uh, it was right because you weren't like, expecting the typical it. bad stuff a that happens to a small surge. business on TikTok. Yeah, well, because you're not expecting that kind of shit, and then it's like, whoa, <laughs> holy yeah, shit! I, told them, like, I think I'll sell maybe two two packages, three packages this week or something on TikTok, right? And all of a sudden, I wake up and it's like ten grand in the bank account. I was like, oh, okay. I got Hold a on, lot of packaging like, to do. A yeah, lot of packaging and shipping huh, to do. I know, dang. <laughs> like three days in, I'm like, I think I'm gonna, I can hit a hundred grand. Like, <laughs> you know. And know. and it just kept growing. It was insane. So as far as and, the hemp mansion, people people can rent it out and stay there, and then they could try your products and stuff like that. Yeah. Or? So, so right now we're we're we were renting it out, and I mean we've there's people that had parties in it. It was bad. And so now we're gotten to the point where we just want to focus more on the wedding side and special occasions. Yeah. So if you send it in, you're going to talk to dad, not me. Right. And so he is like my security guard when I can't do that stuff. Right. So I can't sit around and read people's messages all day long trying to like get into the place. And so he kind of like weeds that out for me when I'm trying to grow. Oh, that's good. 
so when I tell people, I'm like, would hey, be really you guys good. know I was the old man on there. Weddings would be really good, especially we just, now cannabis-themed yes, weddings. Yes, we were just talking to, okay, so we're going to be at a, a 420 festival in St. Pete uh, on the day of the dinner during the day. So we had them on our podcast last time, and... We were taught, weren't we talking to them about like wedding, uh, cannabis weddings, cannabis themed weddings and how that's going to eventually be it's gonna a be popular a thing. thing. Yeah. It's going to be a thing for yeah. sure. No, I mean, since the last, the last, the first event that we had, we had quite a little bit of buzz going around and some people were like hitting us up about bring it out and all that, but we've been more selective about it. And so that's why we haven't had more buzz is because of we, we, you know, choosing n- the path we're going but i agree i feel like (sighs) that's why look listen i feel like that's why we're like trying to make it a small event it's just because you know i feel like again too many people you don't have time to build those relationships it's too much you right when we curate a smaller event and we we're able to like build connections and build relationships with those people yeah. and, and focus yeah. on on talking to the people who are going out of there like you know you want people who are involved and who are serious about it and like yeah you don't want to like I, I i listen i get you i wouldn't want anybody if i own that place and i had such pride and i did my thing there i wouldn't want anybody to come and like you know, disrespect it, like whatever. It's such a you're taking such a big gamble. I totally uh, understand. You always have to be careful who you're doing business with. I know no, exactly. And, you know, we are a licensed farm, and so like, like I do want to share it with the world, but at the same time, I need to like be very respectful of the plant too. Mm-hmm. Selective, you know? yeah. There's no, yeah. yeah. Like if you love the plant and you want to come down, cool, let's do it. But if you're like trying to like demon like treat it like it's just something else well we're nah. super stoked to have our event there you know that this is yeah. the first time we're like this is our first yeah this event. is our first official we've had people asking for us to do an event for you for a couple and we've years been putting now. it off because we were the we, pandemic well and also we had gone to other events and it's like again uh lots of people mm-hmm. we, we, we didn't want that we, we didn't want that small. and we also too i feel like i don't want to just be another number like i don't want to walk up into a place and just be another number like if i pay good money to be somewhere i want people to like like yeah, make it an experience. You mm-hmm. want to really give yeah, people absolutely. something. And and that's kind of like that first, that first dinner we had, we had six people and they all loved it because it wasn't a hundred people that showed up. Right. They literally networked. Right. So they all traded each other's business cards. They met each other. They they're like in different spaces and, and out there in the world. Right. Actually two doctors showed up and you know, the other couple of photographers. And so it was kind of cool, but it's now they're like, Oh, you like you, utilizing each other yeah right Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of like what we want it to be because like i said i want it to be a safe space for people but i also want it to be so they they're like helping each other out yeah because remember that's what i've always been about you know my whole life is helping other people and so if they can come and connect here that's cool too you know that's kind of what we want it to be and that was flavio valdez from pemp mansion follow him on instagram at hemp mansion uh, a website you can purchase some of his CBD products is Flower Pot Farms. That's P H A R M S dot square dot site. He's got some tinctures, some nice beauty products. And if you come to our dinner, 
part of the goodie bag uh, will include some of the CBD products made at the Hemp Mansion. Hey, sponsors, we love you. <laughs> we we want to give you a special shout out and thank you to our patrons. As always, Yanni, Destiny, Lauren, Jesse, Christy, April, Shelby, Denise, Peaches, Natalie, Meredith, Terry, Angelina, Jenny, Catherine, and, and Camilla. <laughs> hey, you too can have us. Shout you out. Become a patron for early access to episodes, additional content, video, full-on conversions of our interviews, Zoom smoke sessions, vacations, ex- vacations dinner events, discounts at the dinner, yeah, all they, events. Exactly. So the 20% off of this dinner, if you become a patron, which I think is a pretty good idea. I mean, if you're getting this far, you might as well go all in and we apparently have video now for patrons yeah we i have. think we got it to work well, i think time. i think we might get and we might be on we something this time eyeballs now too exactly <laughs> <laughs> subscribe rate review and share our content we love you bye, bye. smoking mud.